0: Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady, and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxy. Visit DeadSoxy.com and enter promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now. Here's your host, Neil McCrady. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Level Podcast, presented by Doug Soxie. I'm your host, Neil McCrady, Zach Barry. With me today as well. We're going to talk about Taiwan Malone, Marcus Smith, Elijah Sabatini, Gabriella Sabatini, that we probably won't talk about her. DeAndre Prince. So we'll talk about a number of things. We'll keep this one pretty tight today. It's a Thursday afternoon, 1.50 Central Daylight Time as we uh, hit the record button. So uh, Ole Miss and Alabama, 6.30 on uh, ESPN Saturday night. Moved the game back 90 minutes. I'm sure it had nothing to do with television. But we'll talk about a number of things as it pertains to recruiting Rebels off to a one-on-one start and uh, very active on the recruiting trail. Before we get to that, first, I want to tell you about Dead socks. It's the best socks you put on your feet, is what it boils down to. The no-shows are great. Several new uh, models to choose from, if you will. The uh, Getting into the cooler weather where you're going to want socks that stay up, that keep your foot cool, but uh, stop you from having to bend down and pull your sock up all day, you'll never notice it with dead Soxy. It uh, goes up, stays up, keeps your, uh, foot feeling nice and fresh inside your shoe. And they have so many styles to choose from. If you're looking to, uh, you know, accent complement your uh, wardrobe, your suit, your, uh, jeans, whatever, whatever the case may be, Dead soxy has got you covered just a myriad of, um, Selections to choose from. So go to deadsoxy.com, D E A D S O X Y.com, and uh, try a pair of deadsoxy. Once you put them on, that'll be the only sock you'll ever wear. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257 1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the service. You'll love the product. You'll love everything about it. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. People always say, what does that mean? Call the number. You'll start to find out. 662-257-1900. Zachary, how are you?
1: Neil, doing well. It is uh quite the... Uh The intriguing move by Ole Miss to move the game back on Saturday. Don't quite get that one.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't think this is an Ole Miss thing. I think this is an SEC thing. And um, I've got to think this is the SEC.
1: Wait a minute. Are you telling me the SEC is doing something questionable?
0: I'm telling you the SEC is doing something for money. So here's the thing. We'll talk about this tonight on Hand Raise Guys But I know the storm's coming. It's going to rain. It's going to be windy, blah, blah, blah. In an ideal world, you might move the game back a day. In an ideal world, you might move the game back to November the 7th when both teams have an open date. But to this point, the league, knock on wood, has not had a COVID issue that's impacted a game. I mean, there have been guys that had to miss a game, but they've gotten their games in. Mm Mm-hmm. Anybody who wants to know how serious the SEC is about staying on schedule need only look at this week. And I know that we all love our conspiracy theories. Or a lot of people do. I really don't. I've covered the other teams in the league enough and know enough people in the league office to not really believe a lot of the league conspiracy theories. I'm just being honest. I know that they're cool and stuff. They moved that LSU game early. Just said we're not doing this. That that game was moved because they didn't want to inconvenience Missouri's travel. They could right. play they could play that game probably on Saturday night in Baton Rouge. No, they don't know what kind of damage will be done, whether they'll need law enforcement for cleanup and that kind of thing, and not in a football stadium. LSU would prefer to play that game in Baton Rouge for convenience sake, for tickets for all of those things. They moved that game to Missouri with the way of saying, hey, we're staying on schedule. This season's a one-off. This is not about competitive advantages. This is about getting the games in, fulfilling the contract, getting the money, and controlling enough of the bleeding to be able to start trying to thrive next year. Right. And so the same thing happened with Alabama and Ole Miss. Yeah, they could have moved that thing to November the 7th, but look around the NFL right now. The Titans right there in your town are having some COVID issues. The Patriots have had some COVID issues. feels like I'm leaving somebody out who's had some COVID issues. Um, no big deal. They'll get games in. They'll get them played. They're having, But they're having to move games around for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the SEC doesn't want to give up the open dates. I mean, they're certainly hopeful that they don't have to move games for COVID, but they want to be able to keep that flexibility in the schedule. And so if they can play a game in a tropical depression, they're going to play it. Especially when you think, what's Ole Miss going to have in the stadium? Twenty sixteen. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's a, it's a small number, um, and a lot of those people maybe not won't come with the rain or whatnot. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, a lot of it is, our watch party is so freaking popular that nobody wants to be at a game when you can just watch us talk for three hours. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know, man. I just I I, I don't. They moved it back 90 minutes, in my opinion, because maybe something in the weather track told them it might be a little better late. And my guess is that the SEC, ESPN said, hey, um, remember we were going to have LSU and Missouri at 8 o'clock. Now we don't have anything. Why don't you move Ole Miss and um, Alabama back to 630? We'll have a game on the SEC network. We'll have a game on ESPN. And by then, Tennessee, Georgia will be over. That's probably the line of thinking. And it's fine. I mean, look, I can tell you this. For the people that think they accompanied Alabama completely, Alabama wanted to keep the game on schedule. They didn't want to move it back. That's an hour and a half they get back to Tuscaloosa later, and they've got a really big game next week.
1: Yeah, I figured, if anything, they uh, might potentially try to do a Friday Friday game, but and I guess the TV money and the TV situation in the SEC was the holdup, but I don't know. I feel like Friday you kind of dominate the the television audience, right? Was, I mean, you have the number two team in the country playing yeah. a an exciting team with a first-year head coach, with an offense that's scoring a lot of points. I, I don't know. I, and also, I think Kiffin and Saban would have appreciated an extra day to get ready for next week because – like you said, Alabama's got a real big game next week and then Ole Miss has got a real big game next week because they're going to lose to Alabama and then they got to rebound quickly and you have to beat Arkansas.
0: Yeah, so I, I agree with that completely. I think there's a lot of it is... is... Probably didn't play on Friday because that would have required a lot of scrambling. Today would have mm. been a scramble day for both schools for officials, um, just in general, would have been a lot. And the T V people might have said, Hey, we can't be ready by then. I mean that that's quite possible. The T V yeah. people said, Hey, we're 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 not on schedule to get our people into those places to be ready to broadcast a football game on Friday afternoon or Friday night or what? Who knows? I don't know. I got the yeah. I got the impression, I guess yesterday, just talking to people that it was more likely that they would move it to Sunday than they would Friday. And when I heard that, I said, they're going to play Saturday. Because nobody – Ole Miss didn't want to play on Sunday either. I mean, like you said, I mean, let's be real here, like you just were. Ole Miss isn't beating Alabama. They could play the game in Tuscaloosa. You can play the game in Auburn. You can play the game in Ruston. You can play the game in Nashville, Oxford, Des Moines. Ole Miss isn't beating Alabama this year. It's not happening. And so
1: the only the only place they have a shot is in Dubuque.
0: In Dubuque. Now I didn't say Dubuque because if you put the game in Dubuque, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. <laughs> that's a totally different animal, and we don't have the time today to talk about all the dynamics of a game in Dubuque.
1: That's your classic Vegas stay away game, right there. If it's in Dubuque.
0: Yeah, it's that's, that's rule one in football coaching: don't play a game in Dubuque. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, because all bets are off
1: scheduling don't schedule north dakota state and don't play in dubuque iowa and
0: for the love of god don't play north dakota state in dubuque you'll never (laughs) recover
1: then everything just collapses into itself and it's just a huge black hole and everyone's gone
0: yeah you lose your whole team they all just vanish like you blinked blinked into the cornfield um so i don't know I, i think it's fine i mean It'll be okay. It doesn't matter. From a recruiting standpoint, it's probably even better news for Ole Miss. More kids are going to watch. Yeah. And everybody goes, well, you know, you're going to get killed, whatever. Doesn't matter. That's, yeah. that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I'm just telling you, that doesn't matter. They're going to say to these kids that are watching that game two things. One, hey, we've been telling you, if we had you instead of this guy, we would have stopped that play and that play and that play. It would have been a different deal. And then two, you want to be a, do you want to be just another, another cog in the wheel, like you would be at Alabama, or do you want to come here and be the start of something special, be one of the founders, if you will? Yeah. And for some kids, that's really appealing. Not for all, but you don't have to get them all. You just have to get some.
1: Right. Now, the the biggest, uh, I should say, the most important thing of all here, Neil, is if it is a big time torrential downpour, and neither team. And do what they want to do offensively and throw the football downfield. That probably means, probably means that Steve Sarkeesian is going to let Najee Harris run the ball about thirty-five times. <laughs> and guess what? If Alabama wins 31-14, guess what that is? It's a cover. That's a cover.
0: <laughs> you think? Uh, See, so you, you think that's a a major issue for uh, Kiffin and everybody? Think going into the game, they want to make sure they cover.
1: Uh, I don't know definitively if that's a concern, but who could say it's not in the back of their minds? Um,
0: he knows the line.
1: Oh, absolutely. I just we talked about it on our show last night. Um, the difference between throwing a wet ball on a turf field and the wet ball on a natural grass field is very different. And now they got an unlimited supply of footballs over there, and they're going to rotate them in and out as much as possible. But a muddy ball. Versus just a wet ball is very, very different. So, um, if it's going to be raining sideways and, and the winds are going to be going to be blowing pretty hard, Mac Jones and Matt Crow are going to have a tough time doing what they like to do. But as of last night per dark sky on my Apple, uh, iPhone, it actually doesn't appear like the wind's going to be blowing too hard. I think it just seems like it's going to be steady rain. So. Maybe we'll get to see them air it out. I hope so, because I want to see Mac Jones and Mac Corral throw it all over the yard. That's that's fun.
0: What else is on the Night Sky app? Does it have, like, stars and stuff, or is it just weather?
1: Oh, Dark Sky. Dark Sky. Um, yeah, so it's just weather, but it is. it has been recommended to me by several of my friends, and I think it's, like, $2, $3. Okay. But it is, in, it is incredibly accurate. Um it gives you so if i look at it now for oxford for saturday
0: it's oh cold. rain
1: has gone down to 98% chance
0: oh okay well wow. it's a total game changer dark sky was, you
1: said yeah dark sky it was 100 for all this week until last night wow. so it says saturday it says rain starts at 2 and the the high doesn't even get up till does not even get up to the high is 73 at 4 p.m. and then it's going down after that Precipitation probability is in the high 50s, 60s. It gets up to 73 at 4 p.m. Okay. And then 67 at 6. So right around kick, it'll be 67% chance. Um, It gives you the precipitation rate, so inches per hour. Um, The highest for Saturday is .31 inches per hour at 4 p.m. And then wind doesn't get up above 13 highest wind gust all day is 34 miles an hour and that's late afternoon so that's still blowing pretty hard but
0: yeah that's amazing anyway
1: wow newest sponsor of uh, the podcast (laughs) dark sky but yeah it's it's a good app especially for like when i you know me playing golf it's very very accurate like almost up to the minute with when the rain starts and stops so
0: I've got an app on my phone called SkyView where you can look up and get like constellations and it tells you where planets and stuff oh, are. Oh yeah. I remember that one. That one's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm a geek. I'll I'll stand out in the street in the middle of the night and look up and look at <sighs> constellations.
1: You know, Neil. Space. Space is crazy.
0: It's cool. Space is cool. I mean I, I mean I, you know if that if that makes me a geek then so be it. I'm cool with that.
1: Welcome to Space Verbal, presented by Dead Soxie.
0: Um, but hey, we we're going to talk about
1: Taiwan Malone. You want to talk about we, Taiwan? We probably
0: alone? should because somebody right now is just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Somebody's um, just cussing us. Yeah, I don't pay. I don't pay to listen to sky stuff and planets. I pay to listen to recruiting. Hey, you know. All right, tell us about Taiwan Malone. He cut it to six. Ole Miss is in the six. And from everything I've heard, it sounds like Ole Miss is really in the six.
1: So I I legitimately think that is the case. Uh, So Taiwan is – now he's a busy guy. He plays, obviously, two sports. He's been busy all summer playing baseball and then now getting into football season with Bergen Catholic. Um, He doesn't talk a ton – Not a big guy on Twitter, Instagram. He had his his list, and then now he's cut it to six. Looking at the teams, and as I've talked with several guys up there in the Northeast, I've talked with Ryan Patty who covers Rutgers, I've talked with uh, Adam Friedman, several national analysts think that Ole Miss is right there in the thick of it. And if you look at the list of, of his final six and you consider how much... How important baseball is to him. And he legitimately wants to play baseball because for the longest time, a lot of people thought that it was going to be Ohio State. And obviously, the pull uh, that Ryan Day and the folks over there have with the Buckeyes and how good that program has been over the last several years, um, he eliminated them. So they're not in it. And I think it's pretty obvious. Ohio State doesn't really have a big presence in college baseball. Um, so he's very, very serious about playing baseball. And he's not just some big guy that just hits home runs and that's really all he does. He's a Complete baseball player, plays both corner infield spots. He's got a he, – he hits a lot of home runs because he's 6'4", 300 pounds. But he's got a very nice um, – I wouldn't call it a compact swing, but it's fairly quick for his size, and um, he doesn't get cheated on his hacks. But Florida State and Texas a and I think are going to be the two teams that you got to watch the most. Um, Tennessee is in it now. They're in his final six. I know that, that um, Mike Farrell said that as of now, and, and look, Mike kind of gave it a shot in the dark because, like I said, he doesn't talk a lot, but he thinks Tennessee might be the leader. I would venture to say, I don't know for sure, but I venture to say that Mike might have given that as a guess just because of the momentum that Tennessee has on the recruiting trail right now and how good of a recruiter um, Jeremy Pruitt is and uh, – I think Ole Miss has a legit shot here because they've been in it the longest. Chris Partridge being up there from New Jersey, coached it at Paramus Catholic, so he's very familiar with the area, familiar with the coaching staff at Bergen Catholic. And they have essentially made him the biggest priority in this class. Now, that's just my opinion, but I think you would agree. He He is their guy. He is their... Robert Kim in his class. He's their Laramie Tunsil. He is their Shea Patterson. He's their Greg Little. Like he is the guy that you want to build a class around. But I think Ole Miss has a compelling case here because I mean, Lane Kiffin and Mike Bianco can point to two guys right now that play both sports. And this is this is not one of those where like, yeah, you can play both, like, come on. And then you get to campus and they're like, Well, we got workouts at this time while they have workouts, I don't know if it's gonna work Taiwan Taiwan. So um Ole Miss has two guys that play both sports, and I think that you would agree with me. You and Chase have talked about it in recent years on the show. Ole Miss is a, legit, a legitimate national brand in college baseball now. They are, I would say, easily a top 15 program. Um, and I'm not just talking wins and, and College World Series appearance. I'm just talking overall as a, as a brand. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's the biggest thing for me. Um, A&M is in it. Elijah Robinson has done a fantastic job recruiting him, and and Texas A&M invests heavily in baseball. They have a good baseball program there, Um, so they're right there as well. And then Florida State. Uh, Mike Martin's not there anymore, um, but that baseball program is still going to continue to churn out players and be very competitive in the ACC. So those are the three right there for me um, that I think – are in it and like you said right before we started talking about him do you want to go be some you just want to be another dude somewhere or do you want to be a program changer and I think yeah you can go to A&M you can just be another guy you can go to Florida State you can just be another guy you go to Ole Miss I mean you're going to be you're going to be in one name territory when you walk around campus people are going to what's up Taiwan like it's not going to be a oh there's a football player because he's huge people are going to know who you are because You're going to be a big deal. You're going to play both sports. And the national attention that you'll get on television, playing college baseball at Swayze Field, and then playing college football at Vaught-Hemingway in the SEC, um, I think that Ole Miss has a lot to offer, and uh, he seems to be listening.
0: How big of a deal is it for him that there's a chance he'll have to make this decision sight unseen?
1: Well, he has been to Oxford. Okay, Um, He came... uh, what was it? February. It was February twenty second. So it was dead period for football, but he did get to go over to Swayze, meet with the coaching staff. Oh, okay. I um, see.
0: Then it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah. So, and and I guess they. <laughs> this is just Mike Bianco knowing how to knowing how to do things. Because it was a dead period, I do not believe he can go into any football facility at all. Even if no one's with him, he cannot go in there. But they had football pads and everything brought over to Swayze, and he did a full photo shoot with did a, you know, put on the baseball, put on the powder blue baseball jersey, put on the football jersey, you know, did the whole Bo Jackson photo shoot with pads on with the bat and and all that. Um, so he has been to Oxford. So he is familiar with what the, what the town looks like, what the facilities look like. Um, sight unseen, though, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because, like I said, Chris Partridge has been recruiting him for a long time. And I think that, after a while you can do enough zoom calls and enough Skype calls and FaceTime to feel comfortable with your coach. And we've talked about it on here at nauseam where it's all about relationships and feeling comfortable. And yeah, you can do enough Google searches to see what campus looks like and see what the facilities look like. But, um, I think it's going to come down to who he feels the most comfortable with. So he's seen Swayze. He's been with Mike Bianco and Carl Afferty and, and the staff in person and uh, I would venture to say that Chris Partridge and Lane Kiffin have spoken to him on the phone several times. So I don't think it'll be an issue now the other schools in his top six. He hasn't been to all of them. So,
0: so give me a gut feeling right now. I won't hold you to it. You think it's you think it's Ole Miss and Tennessee?
1: Right now I would say – I'd say Ole Miss or A&M. Okay. Um a national. I talked to a national guy earlier this week, and he said he thinks it's going to be an SEC battle. I think Tennessee is going to linger like they always do. They're going to hang around, but like I said, Chris Partridge and Elijah Robinson um, at A and M both been recruiting him for a long time, and both have um, you know exceptional to you know elite college baseball programs on their on their campus. So that's going to be my thing, and if anything, Ole Miss is probably. Imploring Jerry Neely and John Rice Plumley to talk to him and to you know tell him like hey man you come here you can ball out in the football field and they let you do your thing on the baseball field so um, and I do think he's a legitimate impact guy on the baseball field we know Ole Miss desperately needs defensive tackles for this defense to get better but I think he could find a spot you know backing up Kale Baker and playing some first base and being some DH because like I said you can. Look him up on Twitter. Look him look him up. Google him. He he's got a good baseball swing. He's not just some big dude that just mashes home runs. Like he can
0: play. All right. Uh Demarcus Smith, has he officially decommitted or are we just expecting that at this point? I've been a little out of the he, pocket today.
1: Yeah, he officially decommitted yesterday. Okay. Um
0: so yeah, Chad Simmons, so let me guess, Alabama offered or Auburn offered? No. So he would be wrong there. So So neither
1: in-state school offered. Uh, I talked with Chad yesterday and um, he was just kind of giving me a heads up. He said he heard it might happen. Just kind of let me know in case we need to do some digging. And before I could look into it, he had already decommitted. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's probably he's wanting to kind of take a step back and reevaluate and just kind of make sure he made the right decision. I, I don't know. I haven't talked to Demarcus. Um, he hasn't responded to me. I'm sure he's probably tired of answering recruiting questions. Um, and also he's in the middle of a, you know, a senior season, so he's probably wanting to focus on that. Uh, I, I still think it's going to be Ole Miss, State, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Kansas are going to be the teams that are still in it. Um, so I, I don't really know. I mean, he w- without actually talking to him, My gut feeling is that he's just kind of wanting to take a step back, but um, there could be some other things at play. I know we just got through talking about Taiwan Malone. Ole Miss is going after him. They're going after, you know, Juco guy like Jalen Williams. Um, They're still after quite a few targets on the defensive line. Um, So that's, you know, something to keep an eye on. DeMarcus Smith, you know, he's not any kind of crazy top 50, four-star, five-star guy, but... He's a big, physical, long, athletic dude that Deke Adams really liked, and they need the help up front like we were just talking about. So something to to keep an eye on there. Um, but I, I forgot Nebraska's in there as well. He mentioned Nebraska in his uh, – he released, I guess, a top six that he's still considering.
0: Well, you know what I think. So I've yeah. just covered this – I've covered Alabama kids for a while. I know how that works. I mean, I, yeah. I want I want the best for the, all all kids. You want to go to a place where you're you're comfortable. Yeah,
1: um, absolutely. <clears throat> that's that's usually the deciding factor there.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't know. Again, you wish the best. Usually, decommits don't come circling back around, but some, yeah, sometimes they do. For the most part, yeah, sometimes they do. I tell you where you do circle back around is LB's Meat Market. I circle back around there pretty routinely. Freshest cuts in Oxford. It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, Whether it is the filet, the the Lane Train Special, which is the bacon-wrapped 8-ounce filet, whether it is the uh, bone-in ribeye, pork, house-made sausage, chicken, fresh seafood from the Gulf. They've got lobsters there. Everything you could possibly want. The stuffed mushrooms, the uh, bacon-wrapped stuffed jalapeno. It's all just remarkably good and uh, I highly recommend that you check it out go to uh, LB's 2008 University Avenue in Oxford and uh get in touch with Greg tell Greg uh what you're looking for and he'll uh, he'll have it set up for you they're open from 10 to 6:30 just about every day 662-259-2999 that's LB's Meat Market in Oxford the freshest cuts right across from Kroger but a hell of a lot more convenient and nice than Kroger. So LB's meat market. I know uh, Zach's a, fran- a fan. I am too. And if you give it a shot, you'll become one as well. Um, All right. Uh, I know you get a lot of questions about De'Andre Prince, and I know you don't know a lot. Just kind of what, what do you hear there a little bit that you feel comfortable passing along?
1: He's made it very clear that he wants to come back to Ole Miss. Uh, he's, said it several times on Twitter, and I who's to say that he's not sincere with, with his intentions there? I think that he would almost certainly like to come back. I don't know the specifics of why he left, and I don't really want to wade into those waters and, and say anything that is incorrect, or sure. don't want to, you know, say anything that'll Smirch the the young man but he seems to want to come back to oxford so i think as we talked a little in pre-show i think it's a matter of well uh, does the staff want him to come back i don't i don't think there was any ill will or anything that happened to where he left i I don't think that's the case at all but um i mean this was a guy who signed with ole miss and i mean had offers from auburn georgia michigan notre dame texas a&m so Uh, He was one of those 5.73 stars we always talk about that you got to sign. And I think at some point there was some kind of switch was flipped last year. And I would say Prince was probably Ole Miss's best cornerback in 2019 by the end of the season. Um, Played a really good game against LSU, picked off Joe Burrow. Um, It was kind of a very heady veteran play for for a freshman um baited Joe Burrow into throwing as he kind of sat down in the soft spot and you didn't see Joe Burrow do that very often last year um so I think that that hurts Ole Miss because they could definitely use him right now um and he fits the the size speed you know that type of player that this staff wants so uh right now I, I don't know if it's a definite oh he'll for sure be back in 2021 but he seems to be uh planning on coming back to Oxford at some point um so I I think that Terrell Buckley now Terrell Buckley did offer him when he was at Mississippi State so he is familiar with Prince and what type of player he is so Ole Miss could certainly use him Neil because they need all the help they can get right now in the secondary
0: yeah he would He'd step in, I mean, if he was the same player that he was when he was at Ole Miss, he'd step in right now as maybe the best corner on the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you, you think uh, he'd be out there playing where somebody like Jalen Jordan has just been kind of thrown into the fire, hasn't played a ton at all, and he's been out there probably playing almost every snap right now for an Ole Miss defense that is, I believe, dead last in total defense. but Well, if they're not um, dead
0: last, I'd, hey, I, I don't even want to watch who is. I mean... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not picking, but, I mean, if you're if you're an Ole Miss defensive player, you, you are... I don't know what you're praying for Saturday night. I mean, I think you're praying for Man. torrential wins, but then they run over you. Yeah. I mean, you don't stop the run or the pass.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... I guess you're probably praying that I don't know. Devontae Smith over sleeps and his phone is in airplane mode so no one can get a hold of him.
0: That would that would be a good thing.
1: Um but if that were to happen, that's great because Devontae Smith is very good at catching footballs, but then you have you Shit, you gotta, you know, somebody's gotta turn Jalen Waddle's phone on airplane mode because you gotta deal with him too. Um, and yeah, obviously, not picking on Jalen Jordan. I mean, he's just a young guy that is thrown into. Hey, Jalen, go cover Kadarius Tony for four quarters. I, right. That's no fun. No,
0: that's no, not. No, I'm not. I'm not picking at all. I'm just. It just. It's right. My point it's is, it's life. From, life in the SEC. And from a recruiting standpoint, this is where this is an easy sell. You're you're, you're calling kids, going, "Hey, you can play here right away." You think mm-hmm. you're ready to play in the SEC? We do too. Come here, you'll yep. play right away.
1: Marquivius Brown, IMG. Hey, you play corner. Have you seen us play? <laughs> you can come here and play corner. So, um, yeah, I mean that's like that's what coaches do. They're 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 salesmen, and that's what you do. You flip the script, and hey, look, we're struggling on defense, but by God, you can come in and you can compete to be in the two deep from day one because we need you. That's what you do. Um, Now we talk about help in the secondary, and uh, there was some news uh, last night with uh, a secondary player, Elijah Sabatini, the safety out of Biloxi, received an offer from Georgia. Um, So that's certainly, I guess, if anyone needed some kind of validation of a 5.53 star that this staff took a commitment from back in the summer, well, Charlton Warren and the Georgia Bulldogs offered him last night, and I think that's a that's a big deal. And I think that kind of solidifies how good of a player he is. Wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I would definitely say so. The question, of course, would be: What does that mean for his decision? Does how how strongly does he consider Georgia?
1: Well, it happened just yesterday. Um, I don't even want to think about what's going on. And you know, a player like that, where. You're going to class. You're trying to get ready for a game on Friday night. You've got coaches calling you telling you that you've got a scholarship offer and you're already committed to the in-state school. Uh, I'm sure he's got a lot of things running through his mind. I'm planning on trying to talk with Elijah at some point this afternoon. Uh, I'll obviously report back in the chicks on the board, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Without talking to Elijah, though, I would say that he's pretty solid in his commitment with Ole Miss. When, When he originally committed... Was extremely excited. Terrell Buckley has a pretty strong connection, pretty strong relationship there, being from the coast himself. And uh I think Elijah Sabatini is a big, big part of this class because uh this this twenty twenty two class has got some talent down on the coast, and I think that they're trying to kind of nestle in there and and, and put a pretty firm footprint down because there's uh there's some there's a couple good players down there in twenty twenty two. So they're not going to focus one hundred percent all of their efforts on the in-state push, as we talked about a couple episodes ago. But if you can play and the staff likes you, they're going to get you, and uh, that's what they did with Elijah. So I think Ole Miss is going to fight tooth and nail to keep him because I, I think he's he's pretty. I think he's got a chance to be pretty impactful next year.
0: All right, we'll we will, uh, We'll wrap it up there. I know some people want some basketball recruiting info. I don't know that I have anything that I feel just super reliable on yet, but I'll work on that maybe for next week, and uh, we'll come back next I, week. I can, I can tease this, Neil. Okay.
1: I do think that as with each passing day, the Brandon Huntley Hatfield, the, uh, the dominoes are falling in certain spots, and I think stars – are starting to align here and there to where it's, it's looking better and better for Ole Miss to, to receive his commitment at some point
0: in January. Right.
1: Yeah. Nothing imminent. Um, but you've got, uh, some, some big names, some five stars, some four star guys that are starting to look elsewhere. Um, or not elsewhere, just, just starting to commit to different places, right. um, that are working in Ole Miss's favor. Um, So other schools that are going after Huntley Hatfield, schools like Auburn that are probably in line to uh, receive a big commitment from a big five-star player soon, that certainly helps Ole Miss's case.
0: All right, well, we'll talk about that next week. We'll uh, we'll update you on the latest in football recruiting. The Alabama game will be in the books. Ole Miss will be getting ready to head up to Fayetteville for game four of this 10-game SEC season, and we'll talk about all of that and more. Don't forget Dead deadsoxy d e a d s o x y dot com. Go there and uh, give it a shot. Try those socks. It'll be uh, it'll be a game changer for you. I assure you. Deadsoxy.com. for Zach Berry. I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast. Until next time, take care.